we can't see faces. I don't know if they're going to be, if anybody's going to end up showing their camera, but hopefully towards the end, maybe if anybody wants to jump in and ask questions live, it's nice to see some customers um, live again. And as I'll mention, we're going to be back on the road much more in 2022. So we'd love to meet you all live if haven't already met you. So we'll be talking about that as well as we get in. All right. We had to make a last minute room change. So forgive us as we kind of <laughs> be thinking on the fly. Perfect. All right. Looks like we are, fingers crossed, screen sharing. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Well, first off, um, I'm going to actually stop sharing for just a second. I do want to introduce Bree. Bree Aletto is Alvia's new president and CEO. We're extremely thrilled to have her. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? We've got some slides here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, on some background. So we'll flip to that here in a minute, but uh, do take a minute and introduce yourself. Yes, thank you so much. And I've maybe met some of you in the past because I was actually running operations for a little over a year here at Alvia before. Um, you know, becoming CEO. So I joined, like I said, roughly a year ago, I guess it is almost exactly a year ago, but um, spent the first year running operations, getting a lot of hiring done, which you'll see, uh, kind of productizing, solidifying some elements related to how we support our customers. Uh, as you've probably seen some new faces, we've certainly increased our headcount, but hopefully you haven't seen any changes as we continue to grow and scale in our premium support model. So super proud of our team. And I think, you know, the number one thing we hear back from customers is certainly their relationships they have with their CSMs uh, and our support staff. So really proud of that team and so excited to be leading this company. Um, I got lucky by way of inheriting some great things that Jeff and some of the others that have been here for a long time have uh, certainly put in place here in, in an amazing customer base. So I'm excited to meet all of you uh, if I haven't already. And please don't be shy in reaching out. We'll put my contact information towards the end. And like I said, don't be shy in reaching out um, and we'll be hitting the road. So we'd love to meet you live and hopefully we'll be doing some live events as well in 2022. So uh, by way of my personal life, uh, I'm a Midwesterner. So moved here about 15 years ago out to Colorado. Uh, if any of you have been to Colorado, you know why I haven't left. And certainly feel free. Like I said, we would welcome you in Colorado. We're about to hit our fun winter months. Uh, I've got two kiddos, 10 and 7, and they are big into all things Colorado. So we'll be skiing pretty much every single weekend here coming up pretty soon. Uh, and have a great relationship, by the way, with Kevin. So Kevin's still, you know, a couple streets down from us and stops by often in the office and he's sitting on our board. So uh, I have immense respect for Kevin Kelly. And I know a lot of you do and have great relationships with him. So don't be shy in reaching out to him as well. On an ongoing basis so happy to to finally say hello live and certainly we'll be sharing some really exciting things we've been doing here uh, over the past year yes uh one of which is a, a big plug on this slide for preferred return the podcast so i i had no idea you were a listener and a subscriber but thank you for the rest <laughs> of you that may uh not be aware we do we are hosting a podcast i'm hosting it and we've got all sorts of uh, wonderful guests talking about all sorts of things uh, in the market and you can find it on Spotify, all the different um, podcast platforms and it's called Preferred Return. So please give it a listen and thank you in advance. And most importantly, if you'd like to be a guest. Oh yes, please do. We're always looking Reach for out. guests. Yep. So. Good. Let's carry on here because you had just mentioned some of the yes. exciting things that had happened this year. So we are going to get into some of the things that we've been working on with our products and some of the things that we will continue to be working on. But I do want to Take a moment. It's been amazing, an amazing year. Look at this. This is we we did not make up these numbers. They sort of look like a slide that's like up and to the right, all the you know good things. But um, what a year! As as many of you know, we you know uh, had an opportunity to take capital in 2020, about midway through the year through Bow River uh, Capital Partners here in Denver. And so it, it uh, at times you could convince us. I think that it's been 18 months, and at times. Feels like it's been 18 days, but uh, tremendous amount of growth, uh, all sorts of new people. And today, maybe this the most we've had in the office since yeah, COVID. It's I mean, exciting. We, yeah. Maybe have 30 people here today. So it's really exciting and great energy energy in the office. Uh, recently run an, won an award for best workflow tool from uh, PE Wire. So we're very appreciative of that. Um, Bree had mentioned you know, quite a bit about the last 18 months of Bow River. Uh, spending a lot in, in of time and investing a lot into support and implementation and customer success. Do, you were primarily the one leading those efforts. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. And 
There are other elements, certainly, as we look at that 90% headcount growth. The other large team that saw that headcount growth is our software and engineering or our product and engineering teams. So uh, that'll obviously lead into some of the things that you'll see that we've been working on and also want to highlight and preview some things that will continue to come. Uh, so between those two areas of our business, I would say, is where we really invested and spent a lot of um, time staffing up and certainly a lot of investment dollars um, just surrounding those two those two areas of our business. And so I think it's certainly reflected in our NPS and our net retention numbers. And uh, a lot of these new logos and faces here, we're super proud of, but we're also uh, been, we've also been able to grow our relationships with our existing customers, as you can see here. So hopefully today you'll see some additional product offerings and things that we have, like I said, kind of been working on here so that you can continue to expand your partnership with us. That's the goal is to continue evolving and innovating and being more cutting edge so that you, you all can be implementing more tools. And certainly we can be helping you uh, as you manage your LP relationships and your deal flow and all the day-to-day the -day relationships that you're managing uh, within your firms. So yeah. with just, that. So exciting though. I just have to take a minute. I'm always so happy to see logos. It's just so exciting to see the people that we work with. We're tremendously grateful to work with you all. And there's still times when, you know, slides like this or on the website that get a little emotional, you know, looking at some of these logos. We're so fortunate to get to work with you all. So thank you so much for um, the trust for that. Yes. Yeah, and I will say the last piece related to the support model, hopefully you all have seen maybe a couple new faces. We certainly uh, began having more of an actual support desk and support team uh, that then oftentimes, we call it our farm system, get promoted and we are able to offer these great opportunities and you've seen some hopefully talented folks that have started supporting your um, supporting your accounts i'd love to shout them all out because they're all amazing and they're constantly winning our internal awards as well so uh please feel free to submit your you know customer service surveys and they certainly get all the kudos uh, around here but we love to hear from you as well on, on anything that you're seeing related to those new new hires and also the existing hires that have been here forever and certainly been helping us. And I'd maybe push it back to you uh, as we're going through kind of some product elements. And Jeff has been here. I know I'm sure a lot of you have been familiar with Jeff for many years. Um, so in the past, you know, 10-ish years, you continue to kind of bootstrap the business. And then over the last year, we took outside capital. So I would ask you now leading into some of the things you've been working on, what are the big changes you've seen? And then we can lead right into the, the product developments. Yeah, for sure. So um, we'll talk very specifically, by the way, I just noticed that we had a fancy animation here, one logo that was missing. <laughs> so what a great use of yes. PowerPoint animation. Sorry, North, Sorry North, Pond. North Pond. Welcome to the family. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll jump right in here and, um, and, and just kind of tell you about a couple of the things that we're working on thematically. I think you'll find um, these things all, you know, kind of more or less fit together. But um, I want to start out with Prequin. So many of you may know that, um, you know, We've had a long history with Prequin. It's been sort of an interesting one. Prequin is clearly the um, kind of market leader and at least you know institutional LP data, uh, certainly making moves as well in uh, deal-related and operating company target data. But uh, interesting history. They Prequin had had built their own Salesforce integration years ago and and struggled with you know kind of development on the Salesforce platform, and that um, integration ultimately kind of you know I think was ended up being sunset um, just a couple of years back. We had had for a long time been encouraging Prequin to, um, to open up their API and let uh, developers like us uh, actually develop rich applications that, that fit into the context of, of our apps instead of kind of just generically with Salesforce. And so we are proud to announce, perhaps you've seen some, some of the emails that we are officially launching um, our own home, homegrown, home-built, um, Frequent integration for AMS. So I'm going to show it to you here, uh, just at a basic level, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about where we intend to take this. It's very exciting to um, to be at this point now, um, where we do have the ability to um, to kind of control a little bit more about how frequent data can um, integrate with AMS. So I'm going to drag a tab over here, and I realize that's a little bit small here, so I'll zoom in just a little bit. And take it back to the home tab here. So I want to make sure we're good and we're sharing the right screen. It looks like we are. And please do. Anybody jump in, questions, thoughts? Um, certainly let us know if, if you aren't able to see or hear something. That would be very important for us to know. Um, but uh, a little bit on the frequent thing. And, and I guess, first off, um, this is now officially available. So if, if you are interested in um, 
kind of trying out or getting what you see here today, reach out to uh, your customer success manager, to our support team, or to, to anybody for that matter, and we'll get you pointed in the right direction. But the short and sweet is that we've fully uh, integrated Prequin now into AIM in a sort of native fashion here. I'll show you just kind of a couple of the workflows here that um, that become available. I want, want to talk a lot about where we intend to go and, and build stuff out here. But um, just at sort of a, a basic level here, if I came in and I wanted to search for, um, now what I'm doing effectively is I'm searching Prequin for, you know, an institutional LP of some sort, or, or really any account for that matter. And if I wanted to go ahead and bring in Harvard Management Company, do that. You'll notice this is going to fit into the context of, you know, AIM customizations that you have. So, you know, many of you might have some customizations for account record types, and that's going to fit kind of natively and, and, and turn out just fine for you. That was one of the super important things for us to um, control as we built this ourselves. So go through just a couple of steps here. You'll notice that um, it's going to start to kind of pre-populate some fields. For now, there are kind of limited you know, fields that we're populating. We do intend to continue to develop this um, quite a bit. We're really excited. And that would, um, one of the plans would be to allow you to bring in virtually the entirety of, of the data that Prequin makes available uh, via their API. So once I uh, finally get through here, I'll end up having created this <clears throat> account. So that's great news, right? It, it, many as, as many of you are well aware, you know, it's no fun necessarily to have to kind of type those things, much less copy and paste them. Um, problem solved here for you. Now, taking it one step further, this is probably, you know, one of the most kind of practical time savers for, for many of you. Once I've got that um, frequent account all set up, I can go ahead and just in one kind of swoop here, choose all of the contacts and all the contact information that Prequent has for this organization. So I'll just go ahead and click all of those and bring them in. Now we're going to be doing behind the scenes here. We may even see, okay, it's perfect. So we did not find any of the, those contacts as existing contacts in AIM previous to this. So we will do some alerting to you if we detect that we're trying to kind of create some duplicate contacts, which is a problem many of us well know. Um, so there we go. We're good to go. Now the, the other kind of simple use case here would just simply be to, um, enrich an account. Now, as it happens, I, you just saw me create this. So I, I don't necessarily have anything that, that's stale here. If I had an account that wasn't created using the frequent integration, then I could um, I could still enrich it and try to you know match that up um, and, and choose any of the data that frequent has to you know potentially overwrite any of the data that you already have. You can be very selective about that. So we're not just going to kind of automatically overwrite data for you. Uh, also helps you keep it in sync. So if, if there's something that, um, you know, an address or contact information that has gotten a little bit stale, just click of a button, we'll, we'll help to refresh it. A couple of the things that um, we plan to do uh, further, which, which I think is really exciting, is to kind of, you know, build a little bit of a frequent like interface right from here. What I mean by that is, um, you know, what one of the things that frequent so powerful for is for running screens. And so if you think about, um, the top of the funnel and, and who to reach out to. Prequent's a great tool to say, okay, we wanna reach out to institutional LPs that have mandates for this type of strategy or who are invested in, you know, managers like us or geographically, you know, those Prequent users will know the, the extent to which you can do filtering. Uh, it would be our intention to, to be able to kind of use that and to sort of import, you know, big swaths of top of the funnel accounts for you, and then to continue to further integrate it into the fundraising funnel. So, it, um, you know, one in one single step, you know, perhaps to say, okay, create fundraising opportunities for all of these folks and put them in, you know, a certain stage. So um, that's just really kind of the beginning. We're um, super excited. This has been a long um, time coming, a lot of years of planning really and, and, and partnering with Prequin and some work on there. And so we're tremendously grateful to the folks at Prequin for the partnership. Super excited about the offering. And, uh, and again, if you're interested in learning more, please do reach out to us. So yeah. anything you would add or any? Yeah, well, thoughts? I just have a couple questions. Yeah. Um, I'm Ooh. sure that yes. on behalf of the customer base and some things that they're probably thinking about. Number one, where do you envision taking, I know you mentioned a couple things, but where do you envision taking this specific Prequin integration to? And then also any other data enrichment providers that we're looking at partnering with? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, again, I think that the the big sort of um, plan is to to start to use this the prequent screening capabilities in context of the application. So, you know, uh, I mentioned a, an example of okay, show us institutional LPs that meet a certain criteria, and then you know, not only bring those in as accounts, but then start to begin to work them through the funnel. We're super interested in exploring the rest of, of Prequence data as well. Like I mentioned, they've made some moves in, you know, operational or operating company and target company um, data as well. So that that's something that that you know we're looking into and we're thinking about as well. As far as other integrations go, I think you know Prequent was probably the one where the the sort of existing Salesforce integration had suffered most. Um, and so that was kind of the first uh, gap for us to fill. Uh, as it relates to other ones, um, you know, there are some interesting new data providers, really kind of seems like every day now, but there are um, certainly the, the classic ones, you know, the pitch books and the crunch bases and CP insights and things like that. We do have, um, you know, the native Salesforce integrations available to us for all of those um, data partners. I think it would be a matter of us um, exploring again the contextual fit inside the application, right? Not just bringing in sort of you know firmographic and, and contact related information, but bringing it in at the same time in context and saying, okay, let's create deal opportunities mm -hmm. to go start calling on those companies. Let's not just bring them in. That saves a huge step for mm -hmm. um, deal teams, for example, at the top of the funnel. Um, so that that's really kind of what we're interested in on the integration front is really taking the integration much deeper than just data and, and providing the data in the context of the workflow as well. Mm -hmm. so. so two other questions. How difficult is it to get this up and running in someone's current org? Not at all. It sounds like a plain it was question. A, it was a leading question. <laughs> it's not at all. It's, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it is about a, five minute process for us to get this set up. So, so really nothing required on your end. We do have um, sort of contractual obligations with Prequent. So I guess that that's worth mentioning. You do need to be a Prequent subscriber. So of course, many of you already are, and that becomes a, a sort of a turnkey thing for you. Uh, if you're not, then we can you know make an introduction and and uh, you can talk to the folks at Prequent. There does need to be a contractual um, obligation, if you will, to uh, Frequent uh, subscription service at that point, you know, five minutes or so for us to turn it around. So super easy. Yes. And yes. then now that we've done one, do you feel like the process to do additional, <clears throat> as you mentioned, we've been kind of going through this process with Prequent for a while to do additional enrichment provider integrations should hopefully be a little more turnkey. For sure. Yeah. It, um, as, as we called out on the previous slides, the headcount growth has been tremendous. It, many of you have been to our office here in Broomfield. And um, I think many of you would, would be shocked to see what it's like these days, uh, especially like a day, day like today. A lot of new faces, especially on the engineering team. So we've really um, grown tremendously in the on the engineering front. And so there's a certain you know uh, good problem to have, which is like all these new you know faces and and developing um, together and fitting into you know an existing product suite. So that um, this was a, a tremendous accomplishment for us to kind of get started with and and certainly from here i think you know we've got an outstanding team one under the belt and um i think we'll be off and running from here perfect and don't be shy if you have data enrichment providers you want us to be exploring please drop those either into the chat or certainly let your scsm know as we kind of take a poll if you will i think we have a good sense of uh, which data enrichment providers most of you all are using and which would be the most beneficial uh, to be focusing on but Certainly, as we continue to build out a 2022 roadmap, those would be helpful things to be sharing by way of feedback. So, excellent. Perfect. That will take us into the next one and reshare the screen here. So, another one that we're extremely excited to, uh, to kind of formally launch here is Tableau CRM integration. So, many of you are well aware that, that Salesforce.com acquired Tableau uh, going back, I guess, probably about two years now. And uh, you've even heard from me many times, we're not totally certain quite yet, you know, exactly how this will manifest. Well, we are now and, and we're super excited about it. I think that the gist of it um, and what we're excited about is that Tableau is going to start to provide, oops, 
go the wrong way. And asking you a quick question before, what do you think compelled Salesforce to purchase Tableau? Yeah, well... um, Because I have a feeling that's something that customers can probably relate to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're, you know, just kind of to start with two world-class, you know, enterprise software companies. And and I think that, um, you know, at a basic sort of, you know, business level it makes a lot of sense to have, you know, reps cross-selling products and taking the same product in the same bag at, at one time. So that that always made a ton of sense. I think now that we're seeing how Salesforce is integrating Tableau, I think it, it makes even more sense to to me at least. And that is um, it's starting to provide a much more visual kind of user experience. So where I think that, you know, salesforce.com historically, and, and many of you, you know, are well aware of this, um, has been about kind of entering data and, you know, putting data into forms. I think that we're really now seeing a large push um, at that platform level to start to become kind of more consumable for users and more helpful for users. And so that's really, I think, the headline. Mm-hmm. is that, you know, the integration with Tableau now starts to um, almost bring a different user experience and different interface that that is a little bit more um, helpful in finding something that you might be looking for, but which you may not know, mm-hmm. right? So if you know the field that you're looking for on the traditional record, you go find it. I think now that the user experience with Tableau CRM um, sets up to maybe show you something that wasn't that was maybe a click away or something like that wasn't obvious to you so um that's really kind of the the punchline and um actually do you want to demo it a little bit for us and or we can pull up just a couple and i can talk to them as we do that i would love if you wanted to do some of the clicking we can even go to a couple other slides i'm a little more slide driven and then we'll certainly show you it live as well uh it drives devs as we all know and love them but it drives them crazy i'm more of a slide girl he's more of a demo mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you want to talk to the slides? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Well, you're seeing, again, you know, some screenshots, but we'll show you it live. But I think the important element and the reason I want to show the slides is just to actually call out specifically the differences that you'll see related to the Salesforce embedded reporting function versus what you would get with Tableau CRM. So being able to actually type in queries, as you all know, these are things we're hearing from our customers on a consistent basis. These are things that our CSMs are building reports to help you essentially be able to do these types of things, but they're having to build them for you, as you all know, and trying to help you analyze your data, uh, where this will actually be much more interactive and you'll be able to have them be dynamic and make changes and actually add as we'll go to the next slide, you'll be able to add you know, annotations and um, tag people so that they can review those things. And and while we would be happy to support you with continuing to do these types of things, as I know some of you continue to ask your CSM related to reporting elements uh, and building out reports, you also can certainly um, do this on your own as well. So there are some tools as we were just showing you some, some designer tools, if you will. Uh, so if you're familiar with Tableau already, or you have somebody internally that might be able to leverage the tool out of the box, we can certainly show you how to how to manage those on an ongoing basis without having to ask our team. And then, as I mentioned, again, these are the types of things that I think you know are consistently kind of roadblocks with the Salesforce embedded reporting engine, which is that ability to really collaborate with your team via the dashboards. And so, as you can see here, again, there's some additional features that you don't typically see in the in the out-of-the-box reporting engine. Anything you'd add there? No, I, I mean, I, I'm going to go back to this slide here. I just love the, the conversational stuff. And this is, you know, the broader sort of analytics category is definitely headed here. And um, we're doing some interesting things with our answers um, analytics product as well. And we'll, we have we do intend to talk a little bit about the differences here, so I won't scoop that, but um, some of that kind of nat- or natural language processing is even allows, you know, for you to ask questions like in Slack and say like, what is, you know, the total revenue growth of the company, our portfolio companies year over year, for example. And so that's this really interesting thing because it starts to, to um, take pretty complex data and make it very approachable, I suppose is the word um to the average user to just kind of ask a question that that might be logical and um so that's super interesting to me and i think that the notifications too that that's this thing i love because again this this concept of like when you know what you're looking for or you know the question you have then these products are tremendous at finding you the answer what's even more interesting is 
is almost making you aware of the question you aren't asking and the in which maybe you should. So uh, the alerts, the notifications for, um, hey, there's an anomaly in this, this growth is, you know, maybe, you know, um, abnormal on the low end or in the high end, or this threshold was just crossed, for example. Um, so, you know, unless somebody's sort of constantly looking for these things and going and trying to find them, um, you know, it's tremendously difficult to, to be made aware of those things. And, and now you can actually just sort of, without even asking the question, be made aware. So super cool. I love that. Yeah. And as we, I mean, that makes a great point. These are some typical use cases that we typically see across the customers. We've piloted this a little bit with one or two customers, but, uh, and certainly been starting to implement more and more. So if you're interested, again, certainly let your CSM know. We do have some out of the box options uh, that can be pretty quickly implemented. Uh, but with that said, every customer is a little bit different uh, related to the use cases that they might find valuable. So again, it, one thing to note here, and we'll get into this when we actually show you the, the pages, is the availability to put these on the record page as well as to have main dashboards. So I think that's something that we didn't really call out in the slides, but is an important element because listen, I'm the first to admit, sometimes when you look at a record page within Salesforce, it's very filled with data. It can be somewhat overwhelming, somewhat boring, to be honest. And especially with a lot of you who are very visual uh, and want to be seeing the data and combining different elements uh, across your database, that's what you're going to see um, very quickly and easily when you hit a record page. And we're, we're getting some questions, so this is good. Please keep the questions coming, certainly, um, and we can. Yeah, let, let's go ahead and answer this one now because it's perfect with where we're at. So the question is, are the suggested queries in Tableau CRM based on our users and our data or common queries that Salesforce receives across the industry? So um, they're going to be the former. Now, they're, they're not Salesforce you know, across the industry. They're ones that we're sort of coming up with. That's going to be where we do have the ability to kind of you know, fine tailor those things to you. One of the things that, that this product and these analytics platforms work on is you know machine learning so there is a point at which the the suggested queries start to um you know do learn from kind of your users and your data so we're going to start you off at a level that's more specific than salesforce broadly and then it, we're going to have some machine learning help to benefit um, your own specific users your own specific data that will start to kind of help inform that sort of stuff so very good question yes um let's see uh, a couple of other questions. I might suggest we hold these because we're going to um, probably yeah, likely answer, to those. answer yes, them. Yeah, so absolutely. let's see. Uh, I think if we do just one more slide, which I think would be helpful just by way of before we getting in, before we're actually in the demonstration. And I'm going to have to probably have. There we go. Uh, so Jeff mentioned, Dubs mentioned that our, an, our answers tool, which is an important element to be considering because I know some of you are already using the answers tool and there is a difference. And so we're going to go through and we can certainly demo, keep in mind that we can demo the answers tool anytime you're ready for that. Uh, but I like to think of it as kind of a crawl, walk, run approach. So crawling is the embedded Salesforce reports that you maybe are already using. Walking would be leveraging Tableau CRM to get those more visual dashboards that you're leveraging really within your CRM data. And then running is going to be more of the answers tool, which again, I, I'm hopeful that most of you are familiar with, but if you haven't become familiarized with our product, uh, certainly Dubs can give you a quick overview of that and, and certainly the differences, which we have another slide. It'll show you actually the very formal differences or the, the specific tactical differences between the three tools. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think, you know, if we were to, um, to say at a high level, a couple of things that, that make Tableau CRM different from our answers analytics product. Number one, Tableau CRM is, is going to be um, effectively make use of data really only inside of salesforce.com, whereas answers is going to combine data from salesforce.com together with other applications and other data in flat files like Excel and um, other application databases. So to the extent that you have, you know, your own SQL databases or Postgres databases or, or really any data that, that is sort of outside of AIM, it makes us very, it makes it very easy for us to combine that data with AIM data into a single data set and, and take away the sort of um, super time intensive and error prone 
process you're probably doing to sort of export that stuff, do V lookups and H lookups in Excel, um, and come up with complicated spreadsheets. I happen to love complicated spreadsheets, but um, always worry a little bit about uh, what's going on in there. So that that's really the problem that we're solving here. Now we're, we're going to take that even further. We're going to um, allow you to um, embed that into Share Secure so that external parties, primarily LPs. Um, LP prospects can make use of that. So we're seeing some cool use cases for data rooms where the visualization of you know track record and portfolio company data for LP prospects or for like capital account data um, and an existing portfolio company exposure perhaps um, on the LP portal side. So those are the two real big differences. Um, one of the things the Tableau CRM is gonna do that Answers doesn't is to your point, provide context on the record in AIM. So as you're looking at, um, go back a slide here. As you're looking at a specific entity, um, you're going to have the ability to kind of see Tableau analytics and, and more kind of interactive visualization of data about this record right there in context. So that that's tremendously powerful. So too on in this screenshot here, and, and we'll flip over and show this a little bit, but um, you're going to be able to kind of interact with the data, maybe click on a part of the pipeline and then get that resulting list of AIM data right there on that same screen and allow you to kind of click through those and jump right to those records. So that that's kind of contextual um, right there inside the data. Yeah, if you want to jump in and show the live example, we can hop in here. Uh, and one thing to note, I had a, a pricing line in there, which I'll probably get in trouble for. Take that with a grain of salt. Talk to your CSM, certainly, and we want to understand your needs. Uh, and one question that was asked, which we'll certainly get to, is related to frequent discounting as well. So happy to answer that. Uh, and as we're going through and kind of clicking through this entity example, again, I think the main point here is don't get caught up in what the actual charts look like. The point is to give you the more visual viewpoint. And it certainly can be on the left-hand side. It can be on the top of the screen. Uh, there's a lot of flexibility, as you all know. And in this example, related to, to more of a deal record page, we've actually tied in essentially common denominators related to, okay, what other industry type of deals or what other deals have we done within this industry? Where have we lost them? What, who's the, been the deal source? So if we know, again, we're going to kind of focus on one specific industry segment, we know really where we want to go to related to some of those third party or, you know, intermediaries and deal sources. So, and then our, our current investments. So here's just, again, kind of tying where you would normally have to go to a multitude, a multiple, Multitude. Thank you. Where you normally have to go to multiple places to see this data, it's really on one screen related to your to your main record page. Yep. So it's pulling in, like I said, kind of data from different places, but making it visual within the one record page. Super so. cool. And you see a little tease of Slack. We're not going to talk about that I today. I was like yes, wondering but, if you're going to yeah. jump in there or not, but. Uh, you know, we're able to be the beneficiaries of a lot of the uh, R&D and, and M&A that Salesforce takes advantage of or, or, you know, does in the market. So Slack is another great example of that. You'll be seeing some things coming down the pipeline with that as well. Um, so a lot of exciting things there. And here's just an example of a main dashboard. So as kind of familiar look and feel, if you will, with a traditional Salesforce report where there, I think there is a lot of uh, opportunity and difference is certainly the ability to add a multitude of additional filters. So, and I can, I had some filters planned, so I'm sorry that I've got him on the fly kind of helping me out here. Uh, then the ability to, um, again, add additional filters, set notifications, and you can actually be downloading these as well. So a lot of optionality that, again, maybe you might not have in more of this visual analytical viewpoint that is definitely, if you're familiar with Tableau, definitely built in some of the Tableau aspects directly within the, the user interface. Yeah. Might have to refresh this guy. So, and then another example here, or if you want to go into the, did we go into the fundraising one? Okay. There we go. Yeah, so if we want to go in this fundraising one, this is again just kind of another example here where you can be filtering down things pretty quickly and easily. Maybe you've got, you know, kind of a co-investment coming up and you want to be taking a look at which of your investors are typically invested in which sector or industry segment. Those are the types of things that again we would want to build kind of out of the box for you, but also give you the optionality where you can, you know, make changes very quickly and on the fly here. And then as we've mentioned, all of these are drill down capabilities. So they're dynamic reports. It's not again kind of similar to what you're doing today probably within native sales reports 
it's a little trickier and a little harder. You have to go through, you know, really filtering things down. This is much more dynamic and then actually displays the list results underneath, uh, which is nice because you're not, again, going to kind of two different places. So. Yeah, and I noticed too for those who work with Craig, he's actively he's an active investor. He's seeking mandates. Yeah, so um, do reach out to him about your next fundraise when you talk to him about support requests and CSM. Now, don't worry, you'll have a much more thorough demo if you are interested in seeing this um, more live and one-on-one. -on -one. Happy to do one-off demos with any of you as you consider this as an option. So, I would love to ask you the question: What if they are already Tableau users? How would this how would they use this in conjunction, or does it behoove them to use it separately? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't ready for that. No, one. I wasn't. Ready. I'm neither ready nor do I uh, totally know the answer. Um, I I think that they're pretty separate, and I'm looking at you now as if to sort of confirm or answer my guess. Um, I do believe that that they're really pretty separate. Is that accurate? Yes. They are separate. Okay. So yeah. you would likely listen Tableau the embedded option is certainly not as robust as Tableau separate. So if you are familiar with Tableau and you do walk into a demo with one of our CSMs, do know, and we're always totally transparent. Transparent. The goal is to just embed all of this within your, your current CRM data, um, but it's not going to have every piece of functionality that you typically see within a separate Tableau instance. I realized, I'm so sorry, that we were not sharing all of this screen. So I'll hurry and make a, a couple of clicks here where we... Oh, my goodness. Yep. What an amateur move. Uh, that is an amateur move, yeah. Uh, terribly sorry for that, but I guess now you all of the uh, sort of pent up things that we were talking about here. So I guess, you know, this one was super cool. This was a super punchy one where we're looking at a deal. Are we sure we're sharing? Yes. Let's make sure. Yes, we are. Good. All right. Um, and thank you. Celia. Celia for point, having pointed us. that out. Unfortunately, we were not seeing that. But, uh, okay, so yeah, so this is the, the great use cases where we're looking at a deal and, and we're able to visualize other deals we've looked at, maybe where they got to. So right, I, I think about the use case of, um, okay, we source a lot of deals like this, we get to a certain point with them. Maybe I can go to somebody on the team and find out, you know, maybe they've worked a couple of these deals. Maybe there's just something that we can't get comfortable with a deal like this. Um, so it's going to you know, really present that right in context. No need for you to, um, to sort of go to a dashboard. I mean, it's really going to be inheriting the context of what type of deal this is and then displaying those visuals for you. And deals we've passed or lost, why we passed them. Again, it kind of takes into account across various team members that you just pull this one up and it's giving you really visibility across the board. Yeah, similar deals we actually have gotten done, right? right. So if we wanted to go kind of learn what we now know about a deal like this in this industry or with this sort of you know structure um we can go kind of diligence that ahead of time so super cool um again no need to for you to go to a dashboard to say what deals have we done in this sector just by looking at that deal each you know each deal is going to show you that proactively and that might give you the thing visually to to indicate something that you should go do so yeah well, good. I'm sorry about that. Sorry that we, y'all didn't get to see quite as much as we were hoping. But uh, like I said, if you are interested in setting up a demo, certainly we have a much more robust demo set that we can be showing you. Um, yeah. But yeah, here's a couple just quick examples that we wanted to be pulling up. And luckily, we built an extra time. So yeah. no issues. And if there's anything that you'd like to see, the one thing that might be helpful is to show the difference between answers in these dashboards in case anybody has not seen those. If you want to go to that home screen, we can show those quickly oh, and yeah. just show the difference. Sure. Um, yeah, so I guess, you know, on the on the answers front, answers can also be embedded here. And so that's a, a key thing. So we can also bring answers analytics back into AIM. And so the, you know, the dashboard here is a, a good example of it. For many of you might you just sort of look at these and say, oh, they just look like dashboards. And that would be uh, totally fair. A uh, little bit different here in the um, context of what we're trying to do is provide you a top-down discovery mechanism versus an inline contextual relevance, which, which means here we're hoping to show you all of your data and you to lead yourself down a path that's interesting. So I think a lot of times, oh, okay, this is a big bubble, right? I, I may not necessarily be looking at New York, but something's going on there that's interesting. I'll click on that. And that will then take me to filtering the entirety of the dashboard um, based upon that 
area. So it might be that, that, that now I've learned something about um, our fundraising efforts for our you know, deal pipeline in this region, just simply because it jumped out to me as like a sort of outlier visually in the data. Whereas the, the deal example of the Tableau CRM is gonna say, hey, here are some other deals and the pipeline those have gone through um, that are similar to this one, right? So it's sort of a, a slightly different use case. Um, and again, we can tell you all about that if you, if you are interested in kind of talking more. Um, there's quite a few things to walk you through that we could. So um, let's go back real quick to the slides here. So um, again, key difference here that the answers um, analytics are, are embeddable, if you will, inside of the LP portal can make use of external data. So, you know, benchmarks and stuff like that, that we don't necessarily need to bring into AIM. Um, we can connect to that. We can connect to Google Sheets live so that you could have users that are just entering data right into Google Sheets or into an Excel file. And all of a sudden that can feel like it's in the CRM without it necessarily being there. And then of course, some of the other um, data formats as well. That's just really a, a subset of many that we can use in answers and one of the key differences. Why would someone want to put these in their LP portal? Yeah, good, good question. So I mentioned a couple of use cases. So um, really neat use case that um, taking that traditional track record spreadsheet, turning it into, um, and I guess I guess we should we could show this here. Now but... that now that we've <laughs> lost out on a few demo items, we'll show you this additionally. So, uh, and as he's pulling this up, you know we're seeing a number of customers, and I could throw out their names. I don't know if they'd feel comfortable or not, but certainly starting to leverage this more and more. I would say this is definitely the next realm. Document sharing is you know kind of table stakes, but really taking it to the next level where you're actually able to make some of these things much more visual. And it's all the same information you're providing to your investors. It's just a matter of actually making it um, more on demand so that your team's not kind of scrambling, trying to find this data. And then it's a variety of different ways to use this. It's their current commitments. And then it could be even helping you to fundraise for future commitments as well. Yeah, so popped in here, we're, we're in ShareSecure, the portal product, many of you know, and um, Right here under analytics, we're gonna to start to provide the user. Now we're just using sort of a preview of one of our LP, LPs here. But a couple of you know pretty common use cases we're finding. So number one would be to pro provide the LP with like a self-service you know, capital account statement dashboard, if you will, where um, can look at cash flows, capital account values, they can kind of self-serve the time period they're looking for. And then also, um, take the data with them. So they can take the this capital account statement just as it is in an Excel file. Super helpful have, coming from somebody who used to have to request these of GPs for years and then ultimately take them out of PDF files and put them into Excel for analysis. Um, can take these things visually as well. So that's something that, that we're hearing LPs love is the ability to sort of take um, a visual snapshot of their capital account. So that's one use case. Another use case that I had mentioned is taking your track record spreadsheet as you fundraise and turning that into a visual experience where it's um, maps and you know all sorts of charts that kind of allow the LP. And I think I've got so again here 73 companies in our track record. Here's where we've invested. Here's the sectors and who led the deals there. Uh, maybe some rounds. You know pacing of investments by year. Now at the at the bottom of the screen here, there's a table view that sort of summarizes what we're looking at. So if we pop back up here and we click on um, San Francisco, um, that's gonna narrow down again, everything in real time for the LP so that they've kind of got, ah, here is the list of the San Francisco based investments that you've made. And again, all of these things are very helpful to the LP. They take them with them in their format. So super neat one. Uh, super differentiated. This has been really fun to see some of our customers uh, use this type of thing and then hear in roundabout ways other customers, perhaps not even knowing that, that we're the one powering this technology, saying, oh, this is super cool what we've seen. So kind of a roundabout way that we've heard about it and super excited and super proud of things like that. So a couple of things, I guess the last example here while we're here is just kind of, you know, passing along the um, performance of, of portfolio companies, right? So we've added a little COVID specific thing here where um, data store 
data storytelling becomes an option where you can sort of set up, okay, well, here, perhaps here's some sectors that the institutional LP might want to assess the risk in. Um, you can kind of lead them down this path and then ultimately they can see how the portfolio companies are doing. So just a couple of quick examples there. Again, if you want to see more of this stuff, we're happy to show it to you. Great. So we've got roughly 15 minutes and we want to leave some time for the questions. So the last piece that I, you know, of course, I'm happy to cover off on would be number one, just support options. So as you're thinking about, you know, potentially leveraging something like Tableau CRM, we do still offer a premium technical support. Some of you are already leveraging this. Uh, we've got incredible resources that, uh, again, you know, again, some of you might already be leveraging this, but do keep in mind, these are kind of the two different options. We've got lots of Q4 incentives going on, as you can imagine with any software company. So uh, if you want to learn more about this, don't be shy. Hopefully you're getting great support regardless of which option you're choosing, but uh, certainly the premium techno technical support just gives you a little more zeroed in. Uh, and definitely if you don't have some internal resources managing and helping with your account, it's certainly helpful to have those types of technical resources here and on demand. Um, so with that, uh, I think the last piece is just a question for UDubs, which would be, what can customers expect by way of kind of overarching strategy for 2022? Ooh, good question. Um, yeah, so I think that thematically, you know, data integrations are a big, big uh, thing for us. There's there's also kind of two other real big, you know, thematic things that, that we're working on. Number one is interface. So do expect that um, to see some pretty dramatic and, and pretty compelling changes uh, coming to uh, Salesforce instance near you, if you will. Um, we realize some of the uh, challenges in certain workflows and, and, you know, inside of AIM, and that's uh, for the most part been, you know, the result of us using a tremendously large and tremendously powerful platform. We now are at uh, a scale where we think that we can start to kind of build some kind of custom interfaces to, to help alleviate some of that. So where you, you know, you might feel like there's a couple of clicks and a couple of pages away um, now and how you sort of enter something uh, inside of AIM. That's what, what we're really working on. It's what Tableau also is helping, you know, with on the sort of uh, consumption side. So no need to kind of look for things quite as hard if, if Tableau can kind of show them to you visually, but it, but it doesn't handle the sort of entering of data. And so that's an area that we're working a lot on. We're really excited to hopefully show some of, some of that stuff uh, here pretty soon. That's a big area for us. And then it also translates into um, portal. So we see an opportunity to, um, to start to, uh, you know, take our portal product to a place where um, it's a little bit more like a CMS perhaps for you. Um, so the ability to, for you to control a little bit of the kind of layout of what LPs see there, maybe a little bit more marketing like, right? So having some sort of featured news, portfolio company news, um, talked to many of you about this, had a conversation yesterday and the thought just for example, was like, oh, maybe like some of the public companies in the portfolio having like a ticker or, or like a real time sort of um, pricing type thing. So that's, I, I think, you know, not necessarily a feature promise per se, but more a, a, the intent of trying to help you kind of visualize the way we're thinking about you know, maybe calendars of anticipated liquidity or annual meeting um, events, um, featured content that you've got in the portal. Maybe it's kind of marketing-like, uh, maybe controlling some of the ways that people find that content, portfolio company news, things like that. So um, big interface, you know, sort of overhaul coming there and, and, you know, some more kind of control, drag and drop type widgets where, where you get to control a little bit more of what the LPCs or the prospect or, uh, whoever it may be so exciting a lot of really exciting things we're, we're super excited about where we're at and um yeah we'd love to hear from you all you know what what are certain things that uh we could be thinking about and working on that would be helpful to you as well so always love to hear from you feel free to throw anything in the chat and we can answer a couple questions uh, but yeah even if you have ideas or want to know if we've thought about something. There's a lot of active conversations going on related to the 2022 product strategy. We've obviously already committed for some things related to the near term, but certainly want to be hearing more and more from the customer base. I think you'll see that as really an open, 
hopefully you've already been able to provide some feedback, but I would say that's something extremely important to me is making sure that you feel like you've got an open line of communication with your CSM, with me, with Jeff, who runs our product strategy. Uh, so please don't be shy if you would like to reach out to either of us directly. Uh, our email addresses are very complex. Brie, like cheese, at altvia.com and Jeff at altvia.com. So don't be shy on that. But uh, do we have a couple questions that we want to talk through? Let's see. Let's go back. So I think um, you did kind of answer the only, I think, implied question that we didn't answer, which was that, are there any discounts um, on frequent subscription? There's discounts on everything, according <laughs> to Bree. Yeah, that's fourth quarter and we're a software company and we've, uh, we're on pace to set records again this year. And so um, we're not trying to stop with just setting a record. We're trying to set the bar very high. So Fair. incentives. Yes. Abound. Yeah. Please, please reach out to us. We'll tell you all about it. And hopefully the most important part is, as a lot of you who invest in these types of growth focused companies see, uh, we're investing in the support model and we're investing in the product and technology. So you're not going to see that be going down as we continue to grow. And hopefully you'll just be seeing new additional functionality. And if anything does change by way of how you see the support model, and I know that you've hopefully seen that with Alvia, that's something that they've we've all prided ourselves on for a long time. Um, please feel free to provide that feedback to us. So any other questions or anyone happen to want to, I don't know if we even have the capabilities for people to like pop in and say hi, or we host some fun, at least last year we hosted a fun holiday bingo that I would love to see everybody, some, some folks on again, but um, yeah, like I said, send in any, any recommendations or thoughts on, we've got a good crew here. It looks like. Yeah. Super excited to see so many of you. So thank you for joining us. And don't be shy. Reach out to us. Let us know what you're thinking about. Let us know what uh, what we can be doing to help you. And um, again, tremendously grateful. We're, we are headed up to Thanksgiving here. Halloween's over. So I won't feel bad about continuing to offer thanks to you all for uh, your trust and your partnership. And we're extremely excited about where we're at. We've uh, been up to a lot of things. And we're not necessarily talking about, yes, it is. <laughs> I didn't plan that. You did not plan that. Um, not necessarily talking about all the things that, that we've been working on here, but um, but there's been a lot going on. We're super excited to show it all to you. So thank you so much. All right. We we'll hope so. to talk to you soon and hope everyone's well. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Thanks for joining.